0: This podcast is made possible by Host Analytics and U.S. Bank.
1: Hi, this is Jason Liberty, CFO of World Caribbean Cruises Limited, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 314.
1: literature to rely on uh, that's going to be developed over time so the early company the early public company adopters are going to have to feel their way through it you know well first reaction was you know here we go back to the future <laughs>
0: From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we're pleased to have Joe Consul, CFO of Exactly, once more joining us. Many finance organizations are today experiencing a heap of pain thanks to ASC 606, the new revenue recognition standard exactly has found a silver lining to the cumbersome standard, one that's allowed Consul and his finance team to blaze a path into the new world of customer-centric finance. Joe Consul speaks to us after these words from our sponsor. It's no secret finance professionals are dealing with some pretty complex problems these days. Now more than ever, they need tools that can help them streamline complex workflows and focus on bigger strategic issues. By bringing your finance organization together on a single cloud platform, Host Analytics automates everyday processes that would otherwise slow you down. By streamlining your planning, modeling, consolidation, reporting, and analytics, Host helps you connect your organization so you can react more quickly at changing conditions and make better business decisions to optimize performance. Let Host Analytics be your partner in leading the evolution of your business.
1: Hello, Jack, Joe Compson from Exactly. How are you? Good. Good, Joe. Thanks for the time. My pleasure. Good
0: to meet, meet up with you again. Listeners permit me to offer a proper welcome now to Joe Console, CFO of exactly the SaaS software player that specializes in sales performance management and incentive compensation. Joe accepted our invitation to share some of what exactly has experienced as it has sought to address the new RevRec standard ASC 606. Joe, welcome. Thanks, Jack. Happy happy to
1: be here and Happy to speak with a topic that's uh, on the minds of all my brethren and sisterhood in the CFO function. <music>
0: Before we take a deep dive with Joe on the topic of the new RevRec standard, we thought we'd preface our talk with some quick comments from two other CFOs that have ASC-606 on their minds. Barry Swornstein, CFO of Five9, and Tim Steinkoff, CFO of Centrify. We begin with Barry.
2: The implementation of ASC-606, a new revenue recognition standard that it's, it's a huge 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 job uh even with the benefit of uh, of systems such as we have and and so on and even with the fact that we have uh, compared with some other companies because as a SaaS company uh we have less impact uh, from the adoption it is a lot of work and basically we have to gear up to do that um, decisions that were made in the tens and scores Now, each quarter, in terms of um, judgments on on, um, uh, what revenue uh, is to be recognized, now have to be documented for literally thousands.
0: And our next CFO is Tim Steinkoff, CFO of Centrify, who joined us a few episodes back. Here's Tim.
2: So we do have kind of the gamut of products and services. And so there is an impact to us from 605 to 606. Our approach is to, you know, you have to go through everything you sell and how you deliver it to the market. And you have to be able to assess the individual value of each of those pieces, uh, your standalone selling price, and then... You'll be able to recognize revenue based upon that. So it is a complex, intensive analysis. And then every step along the way, of course, um, we're utilizing a big four as a consultant, and then we have a big four as an auditor. So, you know, we get to work with our consultant to get consensus, and then work with our auditor to get consensus to make sure everyone's on the same page so that, you know, when we actually get to the point of. You know, flipping the switch, you know, everybody's on the same page. So it's a, it's a big project, though, a big item.
0: Joe, before we find out uh, how exactly you went about addressing uh, the standard, I'm curious as to what your initial thoughts were regarding ASC 606 and regarding all of what uh, would be required to address it.
1: You know, my first reaction was, you know, here we go back to the future. In other words, we've, with with many accounting changes in RevRec over the years, we've gone from judgmental to rule-based and now back to more judgment-based and kind of seen these ways before. And I think that a couple of my first thoughts were, one, this was going to make, you know, comparability of financial statements across specifically software companies, a little bit more difficult because there's going to be a lot more room for judgment in, in applying the new standard. And secondly, I, for, from a SaaS revenue perspective, um, I didn't think it would have a huge impact. So I think given that initial judgment, I underestimated how much detailed work and, uh, and elbow grease is going to be required to really analyze the impact of the standard. So uh, those are a couple of things that came to my mind uh, when I first caught wind of the new standard and was looking at it.
0: And can you tell us what parts of the organization immediately uh, came to mind as you tried to understand better how you were going to uh, attack this?
1: Well, clearly our control function and, and the folks responsible for our technical accounting area and the REVREC folks. You know, secondly, our sales ops team, because they're the team in our company that administers the uh, the compensation plans. And thirdly, you know, we have the advantage of having an internal strategic services function in the company that's outward bound that really helps companies analyze their compensation plans' efficacy and and, you know, ROI. And so I I took advantage of that knowledge base and brought them to bear in helping us analyze, you know, how our current plans would be impacted and whether or not it would make sense to tweak them around the edges to make the impact uh, of the new standard a little easier to deal with.
0: Organizationally, did you – and you mentioned again the, the professional services group that was working closely here. But was there anybody or any, you know, specific team of people that you assigned? Well, yeah, I mean, it naturally, in the
1: end, fell to the responsibility of our REVREC team and the leader of that team, along with our controller. They, they've they got responsibility for the technical implementation of our reporting against that standard and our GAAP financial statements, so that's natural. But again, we did look to many others in the org, which I outlined earlier, for help. But the ultimate responsibility for getting it right uh, fell with our REVREC team and within the controllership function.
0: So I'm guessing this strategic services team is not something other software firms or finance organizations always have at their disposal and exactly benefit it from finance being able to repurpose uh, that team or have that team get focused on this task. Am I overstating that? No, I, I think you're right. I think this is something
1: that not every company has. In fact, very few do, I would think, that are not specifically consulting firms. So In other words, this is kind of an outgrowth of the the business that we're in and supports you know, our software revenue stream when you get down to it. But it gave me a little bit of an unfair advantage in that I had them available to me at, at no cost, so to speak. Uh, you know, to help me kind of think through the ramifications of the new standard. Now, that said, we certainly offer these services to our customers and prospective customers helping them through the same
0: issues. So we know that this standard really does intersect with your world at Zackly, which uh, the space is sales performance and compensation software. And clearly, uh, you understood that this standard could impact uh compensation strategies, but but why? What Why would that happen?
1: Because this standard uh, impacts more than just reporting. It, it, it impacts how companies are compensating and may want to design their compensation programs to better align with or make the burden of compliance with the new standard more straightforward. But I would I would hasten to warn companies against creating compensation plans that serve the needs of compliance more so than plans that are designed to get you to meet your company objectives. In other words, don't put the cart before the horse here and forget what the real reason is behind implementing an incentive compensation program. The, the, the reason you have them is to drive better top line results not to uh, better account for the resulting expense
0: I would imagine a poorly implemented standard can always impact a business but the fact that this uh, standard impacts your you know perhaps your top salespeople uh, would definitely <laughs> be a concern for a lot of companies uh, but is that is that is that what's happening uh, do you see cases of that
1: yeah I mean I you know, I think what we've seen a couple companies do, and we've helped them, you know, decide away from it, was to kind of water down their incentive compensation schemes, make them less tied to specific, you know, deals, and less tied to achieving uh, certain sales results, to try to avoid, uh, you know, having to be caught under this compliance with the new standard. And I think that that thinking is a little backward. I think. You know, what we've seen over and over again is that to really gain a, a, an ROI out of a very significant spend item in your company, you got to keep in mind what you're trying to incent, and then I would recommend dealing with the the aspects of the standard after the fact because in in a lot of ways it doesn't impact cash flow, really. You know, the timing of payments is effectively the same, uh, It it just impacts the reporting of the expense over time and and potentially at the end of a customer life, as you've estimated, uh, rather than maybe expensing up front. From a cash flow perspective, it really doesn't make a difference if if your programs are aligned properly.
0: Do you think finance leaders will be using this standard to uh, create more visibility into the business, perhaps visibility that uh, an organization might not have enjoyed in the past?
1: Well, it certainly opens the window to take a look at your existing compensation schemes and and plans to see if you're happy with them. Are they really achieving what you want them to achieve? Because you need to look at them anyway to determine compliance and and how they'll be accounted for under the new standard. So why not take the opportunity at the same time to say, hey, you know, just because we've been using the same methodology, let's say, for eight or ten years. Is it really the right methodology? Is it getting us to the right end game? Can we improve performance by changing the way that we're, we're compensating people? So, in other words, it just opens the window to ask those questions, uh, maybe more so than the window had been open before.
0: What would you tell us about uh, the opinions of your peer network out there? Do they uh, have they looked upon the standard in a similar fashion, or have common uh, uh, concerns? Well, I think.
1: That, that were apparent. One was, you know, the standard, the headline of the, the, the standard is all about revenue recognition, and people jumped on that early, and that's where all the attention was in terms of the accounting and reporting impact. And it wasn't until companies got fairly late uh, through that process and started to breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief on the reverex side that they said, oh my goodness, we still have the commission and and incentive comp angle to deal with. And so that leads me to the second thing that was apparent was that, you know, other CFOs and other companies really did not have a firm grasp on how best to deal with it. And we're all looking for, you know, guidance from the CPA community, which really still doesn't exist today. Uh, There's not really any guidance or literature to rely on. Uh, That's going to be developed over time. So the early company, the early public company adopters are going to have to feel their way through it and hope that as the practice develops over time, they're still going to be in
0: line with the common, uh, common practices and implementation. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Joe Consul after these words from our sponsor. You want smart of year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Let me sort of uh, blurt out the obvious here, and that is that ASC 606 has become a a, a door opener uh, for Zachley and and the strategic services team. As companies feel the pain and don't know how to deal with it, Zachley can actually um, help them address it and, and at the same time help them uh, you know, develop their compensation strategies.
1: Oh, absolutely. It, it is is—it is clearly a, a demand driver in the space because not only software companies, but companies of all likes that deal with customers under contractual arrangements have to deal with this, this standard. And they're realizing that one of the foundation elements to helping them deal with it is to automate Uh, their systems. And that certainly has been a door opener, not only for us, but the entire uh, incentive comp business uh,
0: across the board. In this company, somebody immediately or quickly, pretty quickly realized that this standard was going to intersect your world pretty substantially and allow you to really, you know, come up with some solutions that other companies wouldn't be able to achieve in, you know, perhaps within years. It seems to me that You know, finance would have had the insight first that this was uh, a big deal that was going to intersect and potentially open new doors for Zachley, And and maybe not. Your your marketing people are pretty on the ball and very knowledgeable about these areas, clearly. But just for our audience, which is a finance audience, we always like to make the finance people heroes, Joe. So that's uh, (laughs) 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 – come on. They want to relate – they want to be able to, you know, say that they – uh, drive value too. Was there some uh, at the point of origin when it was realized that this was, uh, you know, this was an important r- regulation that was going to impact the business, and uh, you know, because of the pain it was going to cause, exactly clients as well as new potential clients, uh, someone in finance realized that hey, you know, we need to really uh, put the A team on this and really see the potential to open new doors with it as well. You know, you know
1: look, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna point myself and, and say that, uh, that I was a hero in this respect. Certainly we raised, you know, the issue to the exec team in terms of its impact on us. The team talked about it, realized that it would be, you know, as you mentioned, become a, a market driver and a demand driver. And we started uh, putting resources toward it on our product management team. On our strategic services team, we've we've done an incredible amount of marketing behind this now, uh, and certainly Steve, Giusti, our VP Controller, myself have spent a lot of time speaking with clients more, you know, definitely more customer-facing than we've ever been as a result of this standard, and and it's 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 fun, you know, in that respect to be involved with it, and um, and yeah, that that light kind of went off a couple years ago and. In an exec staff meeting, and, and cause us to to devote some resources toward it and put some marketing behind it.
0: Okay, well, we need to have more finance leaders begin sharing uh, these types of stories because of the customer focus and the the future possibilities uh, they reveal for finance. Um, and this story begins with a standard one that's really bringing the heat right now. Am, am I? I'm not overstating that.
1: No, not at all. I, I think you've been right on the mark, and uh, it's, you know, I think awareness has actually built quite rapidly now, as you would expect as we approach the deadline, especially for public company reporting on this topic. Um, it took a while. It probably took longer than we thought it would for, for this standard to cause companies to wake up and, and smell the coffee with respect to the requirements and challenges that they would have from an internal system to deal with it, but it is certainly there right now, the drumbeat is loud, and, uh, and it's, it's
0: driving people to look for solutions for help, and we're certainly ready to help. Joe Console, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought year. My pleasure as always, Jack, thanks again. It's Jack Sweeney with a quick note that CFO Thought Leader now has a quarterly print magazine. That's right, print. Each issue will profile 25 different CFOs. Let me repeat that, 25 CFOs. Other uh, print publications are lucky if they're able to bring you five CFOs per issue. What we understand is that you want to consume content in multiple ways. But wait a minute, there's something more here. We wanted this print magazine to be a podcast companion. So when you receive it, we want you to quickly thumb through it and maybe identify which episodes you have missed. We want you to dog ear those pages, as well as uh, perhaps the pages that feature CFOs from episodes you already listened to but found maybe a little extra value from. 12 months later, you will have a library of 100 CFO profiles highlighted with your insights or comments alongside the CFO thought leaders. Now how much are we charging for this one-of-a-kind 100 CFO profile library? Annual subscriptions are $119. We think that's reasonable. We thought about it a little bit, but that's that's what we came up with. Uh, visit us and subscribe to CFO Thought Leader Magazine at CFOthoughtLeader.com, where the future of finance is listening.